The following podcast is brought to you by the Bridge Bible Church in Somerset, Wisconsin. For more information, please visit our website at thebridgewire.com. Hear you with you again this morning. I was here a couple months ago. I lose track of time. I think it was in February. Um, but for those who don't know me or you forgot who I am, I'm Mark Beck. Uh, I live in Lakeland um, on the good side of the river. Um, sorry, no. Hate to start a fight here. Um, I love Minnesota. I grew up in Woodbury, uh, but I love it's beautiful out here, and uh, I love being out here and doing ministry. The ministry that I, I work with is in Hudson. Many of you probably know Dan Radke, um, or at least heard of him. He works with an organization called Teens for Christ. I do as well. Um, And we do teen ministry. We do Bible clubs. There's clubs in New Richmond. There's clubs in Hudson, River Falls, all over the place. Um, And we have weekly get-togethers, outreach, all kinds of cool stuff. And the other thing that we do is we have a Bible quizzing program uh, where we have teens memorizing anywhere from... Well, 50 verses to the entire book of Romans or Hebrews or um, this year it was Acts. We had teens who had, I think, seven teens from our organization who had memorized over a thousand verses this year, uh, memorized the entire book of Acts. And then they get together and they quiz against each other and they, it's, there's a lot of competitive stuff into it. So it's kind of that mixture of, hey, this is a cool spiritual thing that you should do and it's really fun and it's an amazing community. Um, so if any of you are interested in that, um, you can either ask me after the service about what that is and how to do it, or you can look up teensforchrist.com. We've got tons of summer events, including a game camp and a, a, a sports camp where we're doing games and sports mixed together with Bible quizzing to kind of introduce people to that, not to put a shameless plug, but um, that's what I do. I, I'll be running one of those camps, and it's a great opportunity to get ki- kids, teens, into the Word, memorizing, and helping them and encouraging them in that process. So um, that's one of the things that I do. Uh, The other two things are I work at uh, camp uh, as an assistant director. Little camp meets two weeks of the year um, up in Mora, north of Mora, Minnesota, Camp Evergreen. I speak there, and I'm the assistant director. And the other thing is um, I'm going to do what you're going to hear this morning, and what I did a couple months ago is I recite the Bible. Um, many years ago, in fact, I was thinking about this morning, almost 20 years ago is when I started doing this type of ministry back in college at Northwestern. And the Lord did a work in my heart, in the heart of a, a group of us, and we just got together and we said, we just need to hear this word, right? We need to read it more. People, we can study it, we can teach about it, we can do those things, but really there's a fundamental level of We should just hear it, speak it to another, read it to another. And so we started doing that in college, and that grew over the years into a ministry that I did full-time for six or seven years, and then now I'm doing kind of intermixed with all the other ministries that I'm doing. Um, And at the heart of it is a really simple concept. I mean, we know the parable of the sower. He He goes out, he takes the seed, and he just throws it, doesn't really pay attention to where it's going. He just... I just need to get it out there. I need to, to sow it out there to whoever we're here. And the idea then is, really, you need two pieces, right? You need a willing heart that encounters God's word. 
that's really all that you need to change a life, to change not only the life of an individual, but also of a community, of a nation. We see this uh, in the story of King Josiah, who was a young king. He wanted to follow the Lord. He wanted to do what the Lord had for him to do, but he had never heard God's word. And so they find a book, they read it to the king. It was the book of the law. And his life is changed fundamentally. And so he's like, God, what should I do? And then God's like, I'm really pleased with that response. Then Josiah gathers the whole community, everyone together, and he simply reads the book of the law to them. And their whole community, their whole nation for one generation is completely changed because a willing heart encountered God's word. And that, together with other verses like in 1 Timothy Paul tells Timothy to devote himself to the public reading of Scripture, right? That, that's in there. Like, that's not for everyone, but that's for some of us. And that's for me, to devote myself to that. and to. So that's what I've been doing over the last 20 years on and off. And that's what I'm here to share with you this morning. And I'm here to share with you the book of Ephesians this morning. Um, one of the things I like to do to kind of give you a broad picture of both what you're going to encounter in this book and then also what do we do with this and how do we hear and respond and think about this. Um, so after I'm done reciting, I'm going to do two things. The first is I'm going to sit down and you guys are going to take two minutes and just think what did God have for me and how am I going to like think about or capture that for later, Okay. This is not a a change your whole life at this moment, figure it all out, but what are the one, two, three things that God had for me in this book, and how am I going to remember it, okay? Then, you're going to turn to your neighbors, you're going to introduce yourself if you don't know them, and you're just going to briefly share one, two, three things that you heard from this book. Something that was encouraging, something that was challenging, something you want to remember, whatever it is. And then I'll come back and just kind of tie everything off and then we'll pray and be done. Okay? So we're going to do that after I'm done reciting. Okay? Um, And before I recite, I just want to kind of give you a a broad overview of the book. And I love Ephesians because there's a one-verse summary of this whole book. Um, And obviously, we're going to read the whole book and not just this one verse, but it's in chapter 4, verse 1. And he says this, I, therefore... A prisoner of the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Okay? And those two pieces at the end, walk worthy of your calling, is really the whole book wrapped up in one verse. Because chapters 1, 2, and 3 just goes really deep into Here is everything that God has given to you in Jesus. And in fact, at one point, he just, he prays that the eyes of their hearts may be enlightened so that they may know. And he's like, the riches, the inheritance, the power, you guys don't even know it. I want you to know. It's not like he wants them to get it. He wants them to know what they already have in Christ all of their blessing in Christ, and they just don't even realize it. And so he spends three chapters just saying, 
here's everything. In fact, it's not everything, um, but here's so much of what you have in Jesus. And at one point, he's like, the, the breadth and, and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. He's like, it's just so big and broad and amazing. And we just need to start there. We need to start with, here's everything that God has done for you, or here is a great vast amount of things that are amazing about what God has done for you. In light of that, live worthy of that. And that's an important piece, because a lot of times we want to hear, here's everything God has done for me. Here's all the great things that I have in Jesus. But that second step is so important, living worthy of everything that God has done for you. And so he sends chapters four and five and six going through some practical things. He goes through lists of like husbands and wives and children and slaves, masters, how they should live their lives. He gives a very practical um, approach to dealing with, he calls the old self and the new self. He's like, put off this old way of living, okay? The way the Gentiles live. You know Jesus, you know live better, okay? And my favorite example is the thief, okay? Because he's talking to a thief, he says, stop stealing. But he doesn't stop there. It's not just about stopping stealing, it's go get a job so you can provide for your needs so you don't have to steal, and then give away the money. And it's very practical. It's very step-by-step, okay? God calls us to not just stop doing bad things. In fact, it's so much more than that. It's do the good thing instead. And so the opposite of stealing is hard work and generosity, right? And so he lays it out for us, a lot of practical things about how we live our lives and what does it look like to live worthy. The other thing that's really prominent in this book is the unity that God has given us in Christ. Now, in this book, he's dealing with the Jews and the Gentiles and the division that they had experienced because before Jesus, there was a distinction between Jews and everybody else, okay? And there was this barrier that was put between anyone and God that you couldn't just go to God however you wanted. You had to become a Jew first, through the law, through circumcision, and be able then to have a relationship with God. And so that division had been in place for thousands of years, right? But he's like, guys, that's not the case anymore. Jesus came and he brought the Jews to God and he brought the Gentiles to God in the same way and he gives the Spirit To everyone, there isn't a division anymore. Jesus came to bring everything under him, right? And so there isn't this this catechism, this chasm between these groups of people anymore. And in fact, I love one of the pictures at the end of um, chapter 2. He's like, the apostles, he's like, you are fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God, which is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone from whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are built together as a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Now what's really cool 
is in Revelation chapter 21, the new Jerusalem is coming down. You know what its foundations are built on? You know what's written on the foundation? The name of the apostles. And the holy temple is being built for God to dwell in. That's what he's talking about here in Ephesians. That the, the, the foundation of the apostles, the word of God, and Christ being the cornerstone, we being built together, that's also what's being alluded to in Revelation chapter 21. It's a really cool picture. I um, encourage you to look at that later if you're interested. Um, but he's like, guys, we're built together, all of us together. And then he says in chapter 4, verse 1, after he says the, you know, live a life worthy of the calling, right? There is one body, one spirit, just as you're called to the one hope which belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. It's so, he just hammers that home. One, if you are in Christ, all of those ones applies to you and to every other person who is in Christ. There isn't different baptism. There isn't a different spirit. There isn't a fa different father. We all are united in that thing. And it's not, and unity, brothers and sisters, isn't me conforming to you or to you and so that we can then be united. Unity is us looking at the same thing, going toward the same thing, and as we then go towards that, it brings us together, okay? And that's what he says. Our unity is found in going towards God, in being rooted in Christ, in knowing him, and then in light of that unity, we use our gifts to serve the church. And the church functions when every part uses their gifts. That's what he says, and that's in chapter 4, um, verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part works properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. All right, so Ephesians chapters 1, 2, and 3, here's what you have in Christ. All these blessings all these amazing things God has given to us in Christ to bring us together as Jews and Gentiles into one body in Christ. And in light of all of that, live worthy. Live like Christ. Live like Christ is living in you. And God will use us to build his church and to grow ourselves. Let me get a drink of water and then I'll jump into Ephesians. All right, so when I'm done, I'll sit down. You can either open your Bible, highlight stuff, write in your notebook, close your Bible, pray and think, whatever you want. Just kind of capture those one or two things the Lord had for you this morning, and then we'll spend a couple minutes sharing with one another, and then I'll wrap up our time in this book. Join with me as I read from the book of Ephesians. Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God 
and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his grace, which he has lavished on us in all spiritual wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we obtain possession of it. For this reason, since I have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, I have not ceased to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, so that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head of all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. And you, you were dead in the trespasses and sins and you once you once watched, following the course of this world, following the prince, the power of the air, the spirit who is now at work among the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived at one time in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were, by nature, children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even while we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Remember, therefore, that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the body with hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, 
have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace and has made us both one and has broken down in his body the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, thus making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one man through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and to those who are near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but now you are fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God, which is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone from whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. For this reason, I, Paul, A prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written to you briefly. As you read this, you may perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and are partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the least of all the saints, this grace was given to proclaim to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to his eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every fatherhood in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his grace, he may grant you to be strengthened by power, with his spirit in your inner beings, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to live in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility meekness with patience, bearing with one another in love, and eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the pond of peace. There is one body 
and one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope which belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Now, in saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended to the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who is now ascended for above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that you may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together with every joint with which it is equipped, when each part works properly, makes the body grow, so that it builds itself up in love. Now, this I say, and I testify in the Lord, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, which is due to the hardness of heart. They have become calloused and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and you were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self, which is created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with your neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin, and do not let the sun go down in your wrath, and give no opportunity for the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone who is in need. Let no corrupt talk Come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion so that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, clamor, anger, and slander be put away from you with, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ Jesus loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no foolish talk or filthiness or crude joking which are out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or who is impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you 
with empty words. For because of this, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as the children of the light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of what they do in secret, but when anything becomes exposed by the light, it becomes visible. Anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, for the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, which is his body and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives in the way that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her with the washing of water, with the word that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Whoever loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own body, nourishes it, and cherishes it, even as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. Therefore, a man will leave his father and mother, hold fast his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Slaves, be submissive to your own masters with all respect. Not by the way of eye service, as people pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service as to the Lord, not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive from the Lord as a reward, whether he is slave or free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand an evil day. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, 
against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the breastplate of righteousness, and had, um, having put on as... That's not the first one. <laughs> Belt of truth. There it is. Having on, put on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and his shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all endurance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly that I may declare the mystery of the gospel on account of which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly, which is how I ought to speak. So that you may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you everything. I am sending him to you for this very purpose so that you may know how we are and so that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be with the brothers, and love with faith from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be upon all who will love our Lord Jesus with love incorruptible. From the heart of God to the hearts of his people, the book of Ephesians. So now take two minutes here, grab a hold of one or two things that God had for you from this book this morning.
what I'm going to encourage you guys to do is to turn to each other. Just spend a minute, couple minutes here, share what it is the Lord had for you this morning or something you learned or a cool verse that you want to remember. Um, so go ahead and start aiming those conversations. I love the, uh, I always feel bad trying to get you guys started talking and then cut you off, um, but I would encourage you guys to have these conversations with each other. Um, one of my favorite verses or pictures from the Bible is from the book of Malachi, and uh, where is it? It's chapter 3, verse 16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. That's so good. They heard the word and then they spoke with one another. And I think that's so important to do. Um, 
as we fellowship, as we talk and we share with one another the things the Lord has taught, encourage one another, and all the more as we see the day approaching. And to, to do that. So encourage you guys to keep sharing with one another what you've learned. And to just really take this um, not as a, oh, now I'm done for the week, but just as a, now I can have focus for this week and dig back in for your own self with that. Um, the thing that I want to just wrap us up with here is this passage in chapter 4 where he's like, he gave, the, he gave gifts to people. Like, he came, he ascended, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to all of us. Um, and Paul in Romans says, by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of gift, grace that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and those members do not all have the same functions, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and each members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, uh, the one who contributes with generosity, the one who uh, leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, right? He's like, you all have different gifts. You all have different proportions of the amount of gift. Like, be sober-minded when you think about yourself, not to be like, I'm better than everyone. Like, God gave gifts however he wanted, but he gave you a gift. And as Paul says to Timothy, Fan into flame the gift of God that is in you through the laying out of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. And he goes on to say, guard the good deposit that's been entrusted to you. You are an essential part of the body of Christ. We, we understand, I have a body, I have fingers that do different things than feet. Or, you know, like, my eyes do something different than my ears. They, we understand that. Well, here we are, we're the body of Christ. And you all have different functions, but you all are so vitally important to the work of God. And when you're, you go like this, for, you're like, put your hand over your ear and try to live for like five minutes. It'll drive you nuts when one ear doesn't work. You got water in your ear, it goes, goes nuts. You have, your little toe is, you know, banged up. You're hobbling around like you, you like you're broke your leg, right? We're all important and we're all vital to the work of God. And right now, as one body, right now with one Lord and one baptism, right now with one spirit in each and every one of you, you are vital to the work that God has to do in this church. And I would challenge each and every one of you to spend time this week asking God, what do you want me to do? What do you have for me? What is my gift? And many of us have no clue whatsoever. And let me tell you, sometimes it just takes time doing things. This last year, I was with a group of teens. I show up at the building, and they're there, and they're like, oh, we need gasoline. We need a rutabaga. We need a frog. Welcome to teen ministry. Okay, we, uh, I understand the gasoline for the mower, the rutabaga for the dinner, and I was like, I want a frog. I'm like, okay, well, I'll think about it. So go to the grocery store. What's a rutabaga? Okay, there it is. Get the rutabaga, go in through the grocery store, grab a couple other things, go into the exit. What do I see? It's a weird flower pot 
frog metal thing. And I instantly bought it and brought it to the teen. And I didn't think any of it until later on that week we were studying through some of the gifts. One of them is giving. And at that moment, I'm 37 years old, for the first time in my life, I'm like, I have the spiritual gift of generosity. I didn't even know it. And I learned it through a frog. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. Sometimes we don't know what we have, but sometimes you just got to go do work. And, and you're not even, I'm not even gifted. Just do stuff. Serve the church. Love one another. Fulfill the law of Christ. And in that, you will learn. And sometimes it's a, a revelation. Sometimes you just know. And sometimes you just stumble across it. Who knows? What matters? We're one body in Christ. God has given his spirit to each and every one of you. And you need to use those gifts. This church needs you. Not just this church. Christ, the body of Christ, needs you. Use your gifts. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this church, this body, this microcosm of the body of Christ right here in this place in this time. I pray that you would be with them. You would encourage them. You would strengthen them, Lord, and that they would have the eyes of their hearts opened to see the blessings of Christ, the power, the amazing things of Christ, that they would be stirred in their souls to love one another, to serve together in unity as they look not to each other but to Christ and the foundation that you will build, God. We love you. We bless you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we're going to take communion. Um, and as we do, I just wanted to share with you one really cool um, mental picture from the book of Hebrews. Because in the Old Covenant, it, it, they, they took blood and they sprinkled it on everything. They did it on the vessels, on the tent, on the people, on the book. And because the blood is the forgiveness of sins. Like, without the shedding of blood, there's... So in the first covenant, they took the blood and they threw it on everybody and everything. Okay? And in the first covenant, it dealt with your body, the outside of you. When Jesus invites the disciples to the blood of the new covenant, I just want you to think for just a moment, where does that blood get applied. Because it's not to our bodies. We're not taking it and throwing it on each other. It's cleansing our hearts and our consciences from dead works so we can serve the living God. And as we take of communion this morning, if you're a believer in Christ, we invite you to come up to take the communion, fellowship with one another, um, and have that, just have that cool picture in your mind that the new covenant doesn't cleanse our bodies. It cleanses us from the inside out and makes us pure and right before God. Thank you for listening. The Bridge Bible Church stands to exalt the name of Jesus. We seek to be a community that gives glory to Christ above all things and welcomes all people to join us in worshiping Him. If you don't have a church home, consider visiting ours. We are ordinary people who want to live life with authentic faith. For more information on how to get connected, deepen your faith, and experience what God has for you, please visit our website at thebridgewire.com.